Hi, this is Dr. Meg Hayworth, holistic psychologist and nutrition strategist, and you're listening to Get Well Soon podcast series, the show that explores how to heal yourself with food and the power of the mind. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Get Well Soon podcast series. This is Dr. Meg Hayworth, wellness coach, private celebrity chef, author, and speaker, bringing you some of the brightest minds in health, nutrition, psychology, fitness, and holistic medicine to help you get well soon. If you're suffering from a chronic illness or persistent symptoms, did you know that most chronic illnesses can be healed with food and the power of the mind? So please just take a little time and listen to some of the other podcasts in this series that can show you also how you can get well and stay that way. So just take a moment also and leave a review of the show. And for anyone that leaves a review, you'll be entered into a drawing to win a free copy of my book, Done With Dairy, Giving Up Gluten, 14 Days to a Delicious and Healthy You. It's basically two weeks of meal plans, recipes, a grocery list, tips on every recipe and product picks. And there are a lot of other little surprises in the book too. So, um, and we'll enter you into the drawing. Now on today's show, we have an amazing, dynamic woman who overcame some very difficult obstacles to get fit, eat well, and heal her past to get into the best shape of her life. As a mindset effectiveness expert, a TEDx speaker, an award-winning producer, an author, and an international and high-performance results coach, Pina DeRosa has been designing and delivering engaging keynotes for over 13 years. She's been nominated for the Los Angeles Business Journal Woman Making a Difference six years in a row from 2010 to 2015. She speaks five languages, English, French, Italian, Spanish, and German, and holds four passports. She is the president of Gratitude International at www.gratitudeinternational.com. And her passion project, which we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show, is Sniffing Out Cancer, www.sniffingoutcancer.com. And she is honored to serve on the board of the new Hollywood.org. Um, and that's, uh, that's another thing that she's really into. So she, welcome, Pina, to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you, Meg. So great to be with you. And what a great podcast you have. Really beautiful Thank service you. to do. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you so much and everything that you have done. You recently, um, November, we're in November now of 2015, you released your book, Fit from the yeah. Inside Out, yeah. How to Step Off the Emotional Roller Coaster and Stop Decades of Dieting. I Lost 50 Plus Pounds. Um, how is this book different from other fitness books out there? Like a lot of people, I was tired of losing, gaining, losing, gaining, losing, gaining. And I wanted to lose and stay trim. And I was eating healthy and exercising, but I wasn't getting the results. So I was like, what's up with that? So the real mm -hmm. question is really the how. And mm. the how is it, it, how the book is different is that it's not another book um, that tells us to eat healthy and exercise because if eating healthy and exercising was sufficient, um, then there's a ton of great books out there. And sure. there are a lot of books that tell us how. So we got to look beyond the how into the why. And that's what's different mm -hmm. about my book. We look into and address the why. So okay. what we really want to look into is what underlies that how. And that is what my book is about. 
So we can go there if you'd like. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, you do talk about the why and that being at the core, I I would say pretty much everything you do. I mean, as a coach, as a speaker, um, that you will talk a lot about, you know, why are you here in the first place? What's the underlying reason? Um, And for you, you had a very specific underlying reason um, that came out in your TED Talk. Mm Um, so can you tell listeners, um, about what happened and how that affected your, your weight, yeah, which yeah. honestly, this isn't really about your weight. No. It isn't about getting skinny or any of that. This is about transforming from the inside out. Which yeah. is- so the thing about me is that a negative experience, um, I was date raped in college in my first semester in college. Um, I'm now 44. So it was a while back, um, has opened positive doors and I'll be happy to talk more about it in the interview rather than basically shut me down from my life. Um, I've basically taken it into the book and, and designed, um, how to step off that emotional roller coaster that can happen when you go through a traumatic experience like that. For me, I shut it down and I thought never again, I'll be this friendly, this open, this trusting, this whatever. And so I, I started to shut myself off. Yeah. And as a way to deflect attention, I put on all the weight, but I didn't know I was doing that. I mean, I was in my sure. late teens. Or what do I know? I think I'm invincible right. and I can do everything. So there is right. that sense of now that I'm in my 40s and the opening happened in the very, very end of the 30s and, and really just mm-hmm. in the last couple of years, it was really looking at how that was still having a hold on me and then yeah. how I was able to recognize it and recognize the self-sabotage and what it was doing. Because the reason why diet and exercise don't work is because we all have underlying factors that sabotage our efforts, get in the way of our commitment and take away yes. our will. So it's not that those three things, sabotage our efforts, get away, get in the way of our commitment and take away our willpower. So it's not that we've all had a traumatic experience like rape in our past and we all have 50 pounds to lose. It's not about that, but we all have those underlying something, you know, that we're, we're battling with, um, some emotional roller coaster that it it causes that inner push pull. So how, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just, you know, thinking that as there's so many things that lay in the unconscious mind and traumas are one of the things that we do tend to compartmentalize and lock away. I mean, I I have my own history with trauma, with sexual abuse too. And I understand, you know, that, that we do put that away, but I think what's important for listeners to know now. And, and one of the things that you're demonstrating is that uh, when you put away a trauma like this, it comes out in other ways. Yeah. Yes. You know, and then it way, for example, some people become really um, like they go up and down in funky relationships and they don't say yes or they don't say no. Or they'll go through stress and post-traumatic stress disorder. They'll go through different mm-hmm. and it doesn't need to be rape. It could be a different trauma, like moving across when you didn't want to move and you were just a kid or your parents dating, yeah. or your best friend dying of cancer. You know, there's different. They all impact us in different ways. Yes. The point is what I recognize and I addressed it. The TED talk was really sort of like the beginning of it because mm-hmm. it was the first time I ever shared it publicly. 
And wow, to- that's huge. That's a, <laughs> that's a big deal. I mean, to get a TED talk to be in with is a, is a big deal. And I wasn't and- planning on telling that story. You know, they talk, they asked me to speak about choices and to speak about mindset. I'm like, great, fantastic. I'm just going to keep talking about what I normally talk about. And then uh, wow. the story came up and it woke me up on a five o'clock in the morning, one morning, and I'm not an early riser. I'm not a writer. So it's really telling, or at least at the time, I didn't think it was an early riser and a writer. So to be woken up with the story and start writing furiously was certainly not like me. And I put it away and it just kept calling me and it kept calling me and it kept calling me. And so finally I ended up putting the story in it uh, through one of the coaches that I, I, you know, was working with for the TED. And I remember having to call my parents a couple of days before because I didn't want them to find out through a video, obviously, you know, I hadn't shared it with them either. There was that sense. Uh, oh, okay. Wow. That, that was the toughest part in a way because I knew they were going to be upset in some way and I needed to give mm-hmm. the space to be upset knowing that I couldn't do anything about it and they needed to go through their process And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you want to protect the people that you love, even at the cost of your own self-expression. So that's what I had done for years because Mm -hmm. I figured they couldn't really do anything about it. It's yes, they could protect me, they prosecute and all that. I just didn't, I wasn't in the space of wanting to deal with any of it. I just put it on the rug and said, never again. Yeah, done. And, And fascinating that 20 some years later, now I speak on college campuses Uh, on date rape and sexual assault prevention and because my mission is to end the rape on campus because it's still the most underreported crime so I have a completely separate website the college speaking with pina.com website where institutions and colleges and administrators and students Mm -hmm. faculty and parents you know can can go and and we can have a dialogue because yep. it's um, it's still prevalent out there, but yeah, it's a huge problem. I mean, I, I hear about these reports all the time, and how a lot of universities are covering up because they have their own sort of tribunal, <laughs> internal tribunal. So they're not going to call the police and and get them involved. And it's really kind of uh, it's 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 yeah, there's gone a askew. Movie, there's a great movie out that was done by the same Oscar-nominated filmmakers that did The Invisible War last year that was nominated for, and that was uh, date rape on, um, and rape in the military. But then they realized that when they were going around to show it at different schools, the schools were saying, well, well, it happens here too. And they were like, what? So they didn't intend to create a movie about rape on campus, but then they realized that the subject was silently there and that silent scream that wanted to be heard and so the hunting ground the movie's out people can mm-hmm. go okay. out there and watch it and it really shows possible solutions for the schools as well because it shows the point that you just made that oftentimes they have those you know not necessarily a secret society or you know but their own uh, judicial system yeah yeah, you know, you know like well we need to do the due process and whatnot and I'm not for pointing fingers I'm more about finding solutions so right. that documentary is great about possible solutions I created a whole special section in my book specifically for all the resources that the hunting oh, gives and then how to empower the students first of all to prevent it and then because I've never been drunk in my life I wasn't roofied you know so it wasn't those like oh well you know she wasn't even capable of consent no, <sighs> perfectly perfectly 
fine. Right. Um, if, and, you know, in college, you're young and you want to fit in. Maybe you were the geeky kid in high school. Now nobody knows you, so you can reinvent yourself, but you still want to mm-hmm. fit in and you're far away from home sometimes. And so there's all these adjusting and you're trying to say yes to things. And before you know it, you're in a situation. You're like, wait, nope, no, I wasn't in this situation. No, I didn't. Well, shoot. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. So there, there's um, basically bringing it the the TED talk. I think addresses more mm-hmm. that the book addresses more what you said with regards to how to step off that emotional roller coaster, whatever it is that was the catalyst, and mm-hmm. and the stopping the decades of dieting. Because I know I was going up and down and up and down and up and down, and I was pretty smart. I was pretty active. I was pretty healthy. Mm-hmm. I thought, but it really goes into basically three steps: recognizing that there is self-sabotage some uh-huh. or another that we're doing that reach out for the appropriate support and then be willing to do something different. So imagine a captain and a crew, you know, like a cruise liner, mm-hmm. the captain likes to think it's in control. So the subconscious mind is really running the ship underneath at the crew, but the conscious mind, that 5% that we see at the very, very top of the ship likes to think it's in control, but right. sabotaging the captain, the captain needs to know, and this may not be easily visible. So how do you do that? How do you find that out? That, that self-sabotage when, when everything you've tried has failed, then there's something else at work. And that takes us to the second step, so reaching out for the appropriate support. People mm-hmm. can do that. Um, I try to fix it myself. You know, I try mm-hmm. the, the eating healthy and the exercising on my own, but it's like, um, if there's something underneath it, it's like a saying a brain surgeon could do brain surgery on, on him or herself. It's, it could be <laughs> on the planet. It's just not going to happen. This is not going to happen. Yeah. Exactly. So you can take it as yeah. far as you can on your own. And when you realize right. you've taken it as far as you can on your own, then you want right. to reach out to someone well, that's trained. Let's talk about appropriate support. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, when we look at the fitness industry, I mean, we have people from, all walks of life, you know, who really don't have much of a background that are training. And I mean, there's just so to people that are exercise physiologists and chiropractors and, you know, know so much about the human body. It's like, where do you go? What do you do? How do you sift through that soup? Those are, and I have some really good questions that you can ask um if you want to hire a trainer i'd never hired a trainer before so i have questions in the book that people can uh even if they're googling like in the middle of minnesota or wherever they might be it doesn't need to be some la fitness trainer but it, those are more like captain solutions at the very top mm-hmm. and there are ways to integrate that but those tools are brilliant tools if they're planted in a soil that doesn't have any weeds if the self-sabotage is there the push-pull is there those are all weeds that need Mm -hmm. to be taken out first so that then when those tools are planted you actually have results otherwise you end up having hit and miss or eating pizza by yourself like I was doing and it's like why am I self-sabotaging this or stepping on the scale realizing you lost that five pounds and then quickly going to Put it back on because for some reason I had equated being healthy and fit with being in danger. I didn't know that I was doing that. It was all self-sabotage. Uh, I'm sorry, self-subconscious driven. And so I right. was then pushing it away because, oh, no, no, no. If I get healthy and fit, I'll get attention again and then I'll be in danger again. I can't do it. So I was doing that almost like people do procrastination or how people do overwhelm. It's not something you choose. It's something you find yourself in the middle of it and then you try it yeah. really back in. <laughs> And you're like, what's yeah. up the madness? <laughs> so yeah. 
How do I get out of this? Yeah, it's not like there's yeah. a red button sequence that you're like, okay, now I'm going to start yeah. the self-sabotage. I'm going to start this mistrusting myself. I'm going to start the overwhelm or I'm going to start procrastination. Uh-huh. Right. It, it starts and then we recognize it and then we try to really back in. So, so what did you out- do? Did you, did you go and find some um, psychological or psycho-spiritual or <laughs> that kind of work first and then go on to... The irony of it is that I'm a, I work as a hypnotherapist. So I work with yes. people on these issues all the time and I yeah. see them fly and I see them soar and I realize it's, whoa, this is my turn. Perfect. So uh-huh. for, for people, I would say, you know, reach out to someone who's trained in this, in this area, which is what I did. I reach out to a colleague who also happens to be a girlfriend. Um, so someone who's trained in this area could be, you know, someone who is what I call a mindset effectiveness expert, like I'm an example of that, but there are many experts who are trained to work with the subconscious because the trainers and the, uh, the chiropractors and the physiology, all of that comes in the end, because otherwise mm-hmm. if you, if you keep going there, your results are going to be hit and miss at best because you haven't really cleared out what's underneath it. It's like the captain of the ship saying left and then the crew underneath it, maybe they had a late night the night before and they're like, yeah, we're sleeping in today. <laughs> Well, guess where the ship is going to go, you know? So, so to work with right. the two together, that brings us then to the third point, to being willing mm-hmm. to do something different, which is what I had to do is recognize that I had been doing the same stuff, like the eating healthy and the exercising, but I wasn't really looking underneath it. I was doing cleanses. I was doing 90-day challenges. I, was, I did the P90X. Uh-huh. I mean, I did all the cool stuff, the Jenny Craig's, the Weight Watchers. Yeah. <laughs> like, you name it. The, the wow. fat flush, the 21-day cleanse of micro this and all of and it. I, I can tell you right now, people listening to this are, can recognize themselves. I can't, I, there's going to be a lot of people nodding right in this I, moment. Well, I hope so because I'm just an everyday girl. One of the things I share in my book is that I'm not an expert, but an everyday woman at this point who went through it and had the, reached the point of enough is enough. And I cannot operate on myself, obviously, even as the brain surgeon analogy. So this is going to be different. So if you've tried to lose weight with diet and exercise and find that it doesn't work, then you can try exploring with an expert what's really stopping you. For example, one of the tools that I use and that I use with the people with the kind of the kind of people I should say I, I work with, but also the, the people who do the kind of work that I do, you know, through hypnotherapy is inside of a breakthrough process to really totally alter the subconscious programming. And then once the hypnotherapy exposes those blocks, because we need to see, I didn't even know that this was connected to that. It was such a long yeah. time ago that to me yeah. it was done and dusted. I thought I had dealt with it when in fact I had buried it. So once the hypnotherapy exposed the blocks or whatever methodology people may choose to expose the subconscious blocks, then we can work with specific questions and um, processes and in deep conversation. It doesn't need to be like a long drawn out, you know, the next 52 weeks for 45 minutes and whatnot. I'm more like a surgeon, you know, like a root canal. We go in, it's stealth, it's gangrene, it's not helping you know, take it out and then put it back yeah. in with nice and good. And now you can smile and go. So, or <laughs> like okay. an appendix, uh, you want to catch it before it bursts so that, yes. you know, you're, you're alive and well, but you don't go to your doctor every six months to check if another one grew back. So I like to operate at the level of the root core. And that's what I ended up doing with my experience of it. And then in the book, I ask a bunch of questions 
that people can answer. That way they can go through their journey and apply it in their lives where it matters to them. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cause I did notice your book is part workbook here. So there are questions and places to, to place your answers. So, yeah. um, so it's a, it's like a whole big, uh, well, it's what I did. It's, it's a, people yeah. Fabulous self-help. Yeah. It's, it's, when you were saying, well, how did you do it? It's like, well, that's how I did it through those questions through when I hit a wall, what did I do then? Okay. So a trainer, I don't have the money for the trainer. So how do you do when you don't have the money for a trainer? What do you measure? How do you find the right trainer? What do you, all those things, is it necessary? Well, I've used a trainer before. It doesn't feel like me. All those things that, you know, the myth of like going to the super duper 800 calorie classes, that way you can pick out on Thanksgiving or Christmas or, you know, <laughs> the myth about toning and all that stuff. It's like, I went through all of that and then shit yes. on so that because I was doing the right things, but I was expending my energy in so many different directions that this reeled it all back in once I worked through the subconscious stuff to be able to optimize the results. And I went from yeah. over 30% body fat to now, you know, when the book cover was taken, I was at 14.915% body fat. Now I'm maintaining right below 17% body fat. And that to me is a good health. Uh, you know, I've never been this fit in my life because, because right. it was always the curvy Italian girl and it was never this, you know, mm -hmm. toned yoga body kind of thing. And I don't even really do that much yoga, but I thought it came with that. Yeah. For some people it does, but for me it was like I tried it. I did big rip so long. The whole challenge didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. So it sounds like you know you set out to to stop a trend, you, to stop the yo-yo dieting, to stop the back and forth fitness, all of that. Um, but what you found along the way was uh, the underlying reason why this is all happening. So you've got yeah. your why, and then so you then you move into the how. And that's a lot of what this book is about. It's about the how and it's you, the you how talk and the why specifically partnership together. So you've got both the captain and the crew working with you because when the Ted came out, which was in January of 2013, um, mm -hmm. the third of January. And so you start the year with a bang, your Ted talk is out and I should have been excited and like Yahoo. And I send it to the whole, you know, list of people that I have on my lovely database and whatnot. And then mm -hmm. I remember walking into a room the first time scanning it and, and feeling that sense of relief of like, oh good, nobody's seen it yet. And I was like, what? Uh, what is that about? <laughs> and then I actually walked into the room of Mastermind of Women that we, we, we meet with, with the New Hollywood, which is a philanthropic um, nonprofit. Uh, it's a goal group for women. And I walked into that room and they were a huge catalyst for me to have the TED Talk in the first place. And their uh -huh. amazing supporter, Brianna Brown, actually, um, whom you probably recognize for a bunch of great shows on, on TV, like Homeland and Devious Mates. She's written the foreword to the book. She's such a giving light. And the new Hollywood is all about giving back and, and goals and education and support and whatnot. So it's a great group of women. And I walked into that room and I was like, oh, shoot, they've seen it. And then uh, I rooms and realized, oh, bummer, what did I do? You know, because it was the first time I had mentioned it. And so I realized that for me being visible equal mm -hmm. danger, even though there is no danger in the room. You know, these are right. Sisters. Right. These are the, the psychological underpinnings of, mm -hmm. of what mm -hmm. you came to believe and what you were triggered into believing because of the trauma. And then you became very vulnerable when you put it out there that yeah, this did happen, you know, I, in a huge way. You just, and after you, the TED talk, I started to gain 
weight again. So I put on 10 pounds, which again, it's not about the weight. It's not the 10 pounds, the 50 pounds. I mean, after 180 pounds, I stopped counting because I remember like enough, I can't even count this. But at that time I started to lose weight and put it back on, lose again, put it back on. I was like, this has to stop. This is ridiculous. So Brianna and I actually created, she had this idea for an elective for the new Hollywood and for people to join in from around the world, it's called get my body back. And people could do whether it's 10 minutes of meditation a day or going to bed by a particular time or drinking more water or whatever it is that was their way to get their body back. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about weight loss. It's more about the holisticness of it all, you know, stop eating X, Y, and Z after, you know, uh, three o'clock in the afternoon or take out sugar altogether, whatever the thing was for each person. And there was a, a, a group of us from around the country and actually around the world who participated. Uh, I think one person participated from Germany, if I remember. And um, at the end of that, I had regained that sense of like, yeah, that's good. That's, you know, my good size eight or whatever I was at at the time. It was like, uh -huh. good. And then in the conversation with her, I let her know it was like the holidays or something. And I let her know um, the people at the gym, because I hired a trainer. I know I worked with a trainer. Uh -huh. I'd never done that before. Measure body fat, all that stuff. So I went from 30 to 20 percent body fat. And I said, the people at the gym, they think I should do a fitness challenge. I think they're a little crazy. And plus it's so vain. You know, it's all external stuff. It's like, what do you think about that? And she's like, and I'm paraphrasing this here, but she said something when you're like, darn it. You know? <laughs> like, well, you've gotten to what's normal for you. You say, you know, this, you got yourself back, but what if you could get to beyond what's predictable for you? What if you took on this challenge and you get to beyond what you're, where you've ever been. You know, you tell your clients that all the time and soar, you know, at their optimum level. What if you got to your optimum level? I'm like, well, darn you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I signed up for that darn challenge. and But it wasn't a masculine way of addressing challenges, which I had done before. So I did it for mm -hmm. nine days and then I stopped. Like I ran the marathon in 99 and then I didn't run for five years, you know. That to me is like oh, wow. a masculine or like you do P90X for 90 days and then you pig out at the Cheesecake Factory the day after. Right? <laughs> I wasn't really being an athlete. I was just being more like a this. Well, this is what most people do though. Right? Most and that's do, why they they go through the whole thing. They they work really hard and, and then they're like, oh my God, no, you know, I'm, I'm going to eat. The industry and the myths and the quick fixes and whatnot. So I took it on more as a as a, I don't want to say holistic or feminine to put, you know, away everything that it's not, but just as a way of being. And I was like, I am going to take this on as a challenge because it has, you know, the, the people at the gym there at Gold's Gym, they thought that I would be a good candidate. I was like, I already had the before picture. These are the after. This is not the before. Blah, blah, Because they were doing before <laughs> pictures. I was like, what? I, this, I should have done it three months ago. You know, all that. But actually being able to, okay, I'm going to take this on and keep this on as a way of life. And right. and that was a couple of years ago now almost. And it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. Like this was not a predictable future for me. So I want the listeners to look at not so much what I did, which is good if it inspires them, but what could they do for themselves? Yeah. What is that unpredictable future? I'm not extraordinary, but the choices I made needed to be. So what are those choices that could be extraordinary for you that would give you those unpredictable results? I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. 92% yeah. of the people don't keep them. Yeah. So it's more about 
and it's not about those challenges for 30 days or 90 days or whatever, or the cleanses for 21 days. Those are all good and helpful if you're already at a level that is balanced. So really look underneath it and then shift the thing that's holding you back that creates that push-pull and then the results will come. So it wasn't so much about losing the weight as it was losing the baggage. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is the weight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's all one. <laughs> all one it's really amazing the way that we we all we have these different ways of compartmentalizing things in our lives of of thoughts feelings emotions and things that we repress yes we we have no idea what we're doing um so but you're you know that there are people out there is one of the things that I do is help people with this kind of thing Mm -hmm. you know getting to the core yeah definitely reach out to that guys (laughs) for sure (laughs) thanks um is getting to that core. But what I find interesting about having worked with hundreds of people over the years is that everybody does it differently. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a whole different body chemistry. They have a whole different way of thinking, a whole different way of repressing, um, a whole different thought that keeps them in the same prison that they're in. Was there a particular thought that you found that you were holding on to in an unconscious way that sort of released you? Yeah, I needed to find an alternate to eating healthy, I'm sorry, to being healthy and fit equal danger. So I needed to find a way to be healthy and fit and safe in the same world and to be able to coexist. And so for me, finding what would represent safety when I wouldn't feel safe. And again, it could be a look, it could be a room, it could be my auntie saying, oh my gosh, that dress fits you really well. Like I would feel unsafe in the most um, Mm -hmm. innocent of situations. So it wasn't like danger, somebody's Mm -hmm. coming at me with a knife, dark alley or something. There was just the feeling of feeling unsafe um, and needed to replace that. So basically doing the work that I do with someone else, but on me this time. And that's great because I know I know that it's possible because I've seen it with other clients, whether for them it was the overwhelm or the lack of trust or the relationships that were going up and down and miscommunications and so on. So I've seen well, people being afraid of success or afraid of money or afraid of failure and then their careers literally soar. Uh, so I've seen the shift and it doesn't need to take forever. It just, yeah. I had taken it as much as I, or as far as I could on my own and as much as I could on my own. And it was time to get to the other side of the river and there was no bridge. So I needed to figure out, well, do I build a bridge? Do I get a submarine? Do I get a hot air balloon? Do I swim it across? Do I bicycle? Maybe, you know, create a, a barge or yeah. something, you know? <laughs> yeah. How do I get there? Yeah. And I think that's a big question that everybody has, you know, when they do figure out, okay, here's the problem. I've identified it. How do I get to the other side of it? Um, And hypnotherapy, did you use hypnotherapy yourself? Was that sort of the main tool? Yes. That was one of the main uh, modalities for sure. One of the main tools with the person that I worked with. I also did some great awareness work um, with Renee O'Connor and mm-hmm. it's, it's really, you know, there's so many great experts out there. I'm just one of the mindset effectiveness experts out there, but there's, you know, p- people like you, there's just reach out to someone who is doing something that's both at the level of the core as much mm-hmm. as it is the surface. Otherwise we keep mowing the grass thinking, it'll be <laughs> but then guess what? When the grass grows, the weeds will grow back with it. So you want to go back. Gotta mow it again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's not like most people that come to me or they're out there, they're smart. They're working on it. They're in action. It's so it's not sure. that the water is not flowing is that there's a bunch of leaves that are stuck in the filter. And so it's kind of trickling through and difficultly moving through. So it's more about clearing out the filters so that the water yeah. can go and that person is fully self-expressed in their fullest mm -hmm. potential. For me, it was health and fitness. For someone else, it could be their uh, being a published uh, children's author. Like that was the case for one of my clients. And you'll see on my website, actually, I have a bunch of clients who did videos of their sort of like their experience before and after it's, you know, if you're an older lady who's got three grandkids, maybe it's about traveling with them. So it could be whatever it is that we feel is our optimum self in being able to be there and stay there. Um, there are many things that, you know, I want you to remember out of this interview today, mainly is that if people are stuck in the same thoughts and habits and not making progress in the, in, in life, they can absolutely end that battle. They can get the consistent results that they want and they can get access to regaining control in their life once and for all. And I'll be happy to support them through that. Uh, I know you're someone who supports them through that. So yeah. just feel free to reach out. There's two websites. There's the gratitudeinternational.com and then the, the gift from pina.com is the one that comes with the book. So there's all kinds mm -hmm. of cool stuff that come with the book if people choose to get fit from the inside out. And it was great. You were at the book launch. We had a, I was. a fun little red carpet uh, <laughs> shifting with the, with the rooftop and it was a beautiful day. Yeah, Thank it was you. awesome. It was, it was our first hug in 10 years. My it was God. just so <laughs> great to you see you. The before and after, like 10 years ago, I, I saw <gasps> pictures and I'm like, wow, that's, that's a very different person. Was, yeah. How was it for you? Because we haven't seen it. You haven't changed. You're still like ageless and timeless. So I love it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, for you seeing that? Because that's true. Oh, my gosh. It was really powerful, actually. Um, and it was what was really interesting for me is there was this part of me that didn't want to go, oh, my God, you look so amazing. Because I was like, she probably hears this every five seconds. And I wonder if that's overwhelming for her. Oh, <laughs> it actually just occurred to me that that might be overwhelming for you, but you do, you look, uh, you look like a different person, mm. but not different from who you were. Just, uh, I don't know how this is going to sound cliche, but you sat, you looked like the best version of you. Mm. You could be. It's like, there's more of me. Exactly. You know, exactly. Like it wasn't, there. And it wasn't about your weight. It wasn't about that you'd gotten thin. It wasn't about that you were buff. Um, uh, and your, you know, your skin is so beautiful and clear. And it wasn't about all of the physical attributes. It was about the inner work that you'd done that was so clear to me mm -hmm. the second I saw you. And when I'd been seeing your pictures on Facebook for a while, but just to see you mm -hmm. in person was really powerful. Thank you. It was what a gift to be able to have you there. Thanks for the feedback. It's interesting because if I hear, and I don't hear it every five minutes, I promise. <laughs> that would be, be nice, actually. But uh, <laughs> um, it's not so much the overwhelm that's an interesting take on it. It's more of why didn't you tell me that I was in such a place uh, that, you know, cause I couldn't see it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, with the closest people to me, that's usually my internal response You know, like, okay, great. I look good now. And I got my body back now and that's fine. But I almost wish that there had been some sort of intervention. <laughs> Maybe I wasn't wow. speaking to welcome that. 
when, you know what? What a wonderful thing to say, though, because you know, at what point do you sit down with your friend and say, "Hey, look, I'm concerned about you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm concerned about your health. I keep seeing you yo-yoing up and down." But you know, I think with weight in our culture, it's so uh, it's so all over the map. You know, um, we've we got think a about horrible, horrible diet. And we think it's like, no, no, willpower is not enough. Because if it was enough, yeah. I would have done this 20 years ago. That would have been a lot more efficient. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. There's so many layers and pieces to the puzzle of you, of each one of us, you know. Um, and, and so this is really what you've done is you've gone through all these different layers and pieces and you put them into a book that is here to help people. Um, inspire them into their own action, into yeah. their own interaction with self. And then paying it forward to the college speaking with Pina.com and then there's benefit. Um, yes. Oh, yes. There speaking are, of paying it forward. Yeah, there are two. Um, there's a nonprofit, the new Hollywood.org that uh, benefits from this book as well as sniffingoutcancer.com. And let's talk about sniffing out cancer too. Um, this is a, a topic that's very near and dear to me. I talk a lot to my my people about cancer and preventing it. And um, you're working towards uh, sniffing out cancer has to do with dogs and and. Uh, detecting it early. So can you talk about that? Yeah, this is different than finding a cure or preventing it. This is actually early detection. My best friend died of cancer a few years ago and her, um, she was sent home like three different times or like, Oh, don't worry. just take antibiotics, a tummy ache or whatever it was that was sort Mm. of not being recognized right away as cancer. And by the time they did, it was stage four and it was too late. And she was the picture of vibrant health. She was newly made. She was joy. She was a beautiful uh, spiritual practitioner and a dancer, you know, classic, you know, California healthy eating. So there wasn't any, um, external stuff that we knew of that was like, well, you know, you're a chain smoker for the last 80 years. It's kind of you yeah. cancer. There wasn't that. So with the picture of health, I was like, oh, wow, that, that was quite a shock. And after that initial, you know, shock and sadness, mm-hmm. I found out actually on the day of my TED talk, the cinematographer, um, you know, reached out to me. She then sent me an email and then I hadn't responded to the email. And then she, she talked to me during the holidays and I uh, said, did you see that, that I sent you? I was like, no. She's like, well, I know you love conscious messages and I know you love dogs. Did you know that dogs can detect cancer earlier and with greater accuracy than any medical equipment? They do it at 98 and 99% uh, accuracy and they do it with stage zero and stage one and they just do it through scent detection. There is no biopsy. Wow. So it's kind of like sniffing a bomb and sniffing a missing child or sniffing a drug. They sniff cancer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, what? And she's like, yeah, it's in clinical studies and it's, in pu- it's published in medical journals and there's no documentary about it. There's some of mm-hmm. other documentaries about dogs, but there isn't a documentary about cancer detection dogs. So that'll be my next project. And from there on, I said, what do, I, what do you need? So I came. <laughs> how do I get involved? Yeah. How, how can I support? So I came on board yeah. to support her. And so we're at sniffingoutcancer.com. You can see which cancers, which dogs, how do they do it? We're 
now, you know, finding one, we've done a couple of years of interviews on this. So we've interviewed oncologists and scientists and dog trainers and people who had cancers and died and had cancer and went in remission. The firefighters, especially the guys in Chicago that she's interviewed, um, because they, they get cancer more than any other profession out there. So using yeah, the cancer sniffing dogs and how yeah. they help them survive. Um, so they use them every three months for their breath test. And basically what we're doing is just bringing awareness to the worldwide medical research that has proven that dog can detect human cancers and then right. being able to encourage people to take things like the hug a pup challenge that we've created. So you'll be, you'll hug a pup. I like so that. Instead of the ALS <laughs> challenge, we decided to do the SOC hug a pup challenge. So it's, uh, it's being able to bring through social media, hug a pup and nice and warm and fuzzy. And then be, uh -huh. you know, uh, nominate three other people to do the same and bring an awareness to how amazing dogs are, but also to the fact yeah. that they can, um, literally save lives. Uh, through early detection. So you can see the teaser of our movie at sniffingoutcancer.com. And then I have one last present, if I can. If you like. Oh, please. It's the season. Yes, we love gifts. Tis the season. <laughs> well, um, for your uh, listeners, I'll make sure to put them at the, at the top of the queue because when people get gifts and then I get overwhelmed with the requests for the gifts. But if there's Anything from today that leaves you with questions and you feel you want to address that question one-on-one -on -one, um, rather than an email, a conversation, what I will gift to your listeners is a one-on-one -on -one, uh, Skype or phone, depending on where you are, a strategy session. It'll be an hour. It'll just be you and me, and it'll be about whatever you feel you're stuck on or that you think there's more, like you're a Ferrari, but you're going in second or third gear. You're taking surface streets. You're not doing what Ferraris are supposed to do, and right. but you know that there's something more in you. So by the end of the hour, you will be in action. So it's not for the faint at heart, and that strategy session is my gift to your readers. So feel free to go through either Pina at gratitudeinternational.com. You can email me directly or go through my site and just say, hey, I was on um, Meg's podcast. Um, pay up. <laughs> you said the other <laughs> But promise Pay it forward. <laughs> yeah, I promise you that hour is really not for the faint at heart because we look deep to see what is it that's holding you back and we will know by the end of the hour together what that linchpin is and then I'll give you some possible options and solutions of what you could do and then it's up to the person of course to decide because uh, they know their life best and what's best for them but that'll be my, my gift wow. to you guys because sometimes you leave with a great interview and it's like well great but I had this thing and how do I... So maybe the book's addressed, yeah. maybe it doesn't, but the one-on-one -on -one is, um, it's the way that I tithe through my business is giving back and paying it forward. I very much believe in that. Beautiful. I love that. And gosh, listeners, please take advantage of this. This is like so amazing when people like you who have the kind of background and the experience that you do offer up your services like this, just take them up on it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I did a, an interview at um, one of the public radio stations a couple of weeks ago, and they were doing a drive, and so we did it for an X amount that they would donate to the radio station, and then they would get the session with me. So you could do, you know, either a, a favorite charity that you have or to sniffing out cancer or just email me, you know, we'll, we'll work this out. Absolutely. Oh, that's great. 
That's Absolutely. wonderful. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. This has been so great having you on here. Thank you. Just really enjoyed you. hearing your journey and hearing about your book. And um, uh, again, it's pinaderosa.com. Yeah, and, Gratitude uh, International. Gratitude International. As well. Yes, that's the main core where all the other websites are linked. Okay, great. GratitudeInternational.com. So again, thank you for being with us today. The work that you're doing in the world is so incredibly valuable and you're so amazing. And I feel so blessed to know you and to get your work out to all those who need it. Mirrors, mirrors. Absolutely. You (laughs) helped me along the way 10 years ago. I know we worked together and that's something that stays with me. So thank you very much for the work that you do and how you share your light and empower people out there. Absolutely. Including this podcast that you put out there for all of us to contribute to. Thank you. Thanks. I'm a little bit clumped now. Oh, gosh, thank you. And thank thank all of you for listening to the Get Well Soon podcast series. Uh, remember to leave a review here on iTunes and to get entered into a free drawing for a copy of my book, Done With Dairy, Giving Up Gluten. And please go and find me on Facebook and ask to join my community of brilliant health seekers talking about food, illness, wellness, and the power of the mind to heal it all. This is Dr. Meg Hayworth, and I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for listening. For more information, go to meghayworth.com to sign up for our email list, get your free copy of five anti-inflammatory on-the-go lunch recipes, and access to our private Facebook community. Thank you so much for listening.